This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. It's the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson. Okay, I'm here with Matt Zeman. And you just asked me a really good question, actually, which I'll start the podcast. But we're here to talk about psychedelics. You are a master. You have a master's of science in psychology and neuroscience. But I was laughing at your um, Instagram bio because it says accidental psychonaut, like an astronaut, but like psychedelics. Exactly. <laughs> so I found you via another podcast last week and mm-hmm. I emailed you and I said, hey, I would love to talk about psychedelics with you ASAP if possible. And you just asked me the question, why so fast? Um, but we have monthly themes every month on this podcast and our theme this month is expansion. And Uh, so there was nothing that I could think of. Like it was the first thought in my head was like, we have to talk about psychedelics. This is first of all, very topical. I feel like in our culture right now. And second of all, I had an experience myself, um, about a year and a half ago now, and it's completely changed my life, my mind, my way of thinking, my capacity for love, like all of those different things that we can kind of dive into. So um, I wanted someone with more expertise than me (laughs) from just having one experience to come on. And you've also written a book that I can't wait to read now. Um, And so I just wanted to talk about this. So let me ask you now the question, what got you first started in your journey in psychedelics? So I think you... uh... When you said accidental psychonaut, it, it truly was by accident. I had some friends who booked a guide and uh, for a guided psilocybin journey. And they said, hey, do you want to do this? I was like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, don't think so. And they kind of talked me into it. And um, it just completely changed the way I looked at the world. Um, I had this incredible healing journey um, in that first experience. Uh, my mom died when she was 49. And in this first experience, I reconnected with her. Um, I had these insights into kind of how I was living my life. Um, this felt this enormous sense of love and connection 
And um, I was like, oh my God, I need to learn more about this. This is what I've been looking for and not even knowing I was looking for it. So yeah. kind of immediately just changed course on a bunch of aspects in my life, went back to school, just hyper, hyper-focused on, a, on learning about psychedelics and consciousness, human consciousness. Well, that's an interesting segue because I'm curious if you had a lot of experience before or interest in, you know, like the brain or why people do what they do. Like that stuff is fascinating to me. And so this has even felt like an extension of learning more about that and understanding myself on such a deeper level. But were you kind of wired that way before? Or had you done a lot of your own inner work or was this something completely out of the blue for you? Kind. So I mean, I'm definitely a lifelong learner. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not afraid to just kind of tackle a topic deeply. And, um, but no, on the, like, I didn't have a spiritual practice. I didn't believe mm. in God. Um, I didn't, I didn't believe in therapy for myself. Um, I, if you would have asked me how I was, I was fine. I'm fine. I'm totally good. I'm running these businesses and it's all good. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, and yeah, this has been completely, yeah, com- but like not only completely knowing there's a higher power and completely believing in, uh, in, in life after death and yeah, it just changed, changed so many things. So you were on this path well before psychedelics. Well, I went on the path of therapy and 12 step and all of those things. And I still do all of those things to me. They've worked very well together actually. Um, but I had reached a place, I think, in my journey with that kind of healing where I really wasn't connecting mind and body. Like I had a lot of information, I felt like a lot of information, I had a lot of knowledge, but I'm not sure that I was fully able to integrate it. And why are you smiling? <laughs> I know just, I, I, just a whole 12 step connection. I've, I've been kind of everywhere I've been looking these days, I've been thinking about 12 steps and I just finished Carl Jung's. Uh, yeah. The, the the letters, the documents between uh, Bill W. and Carl Jung and kind of the creation of the 12-step program. And I just didn't know that it really uh-huh. was a spiritual path hidden uh-huh. around what originally was alcoholics and it became all these other things. Yes. And that's what's so interesting about 12-step and this is a whole nother conversation, but a lot of people get that wrong. Like it is a spiritual program and that's what it's all based on. So I have had an experience where I had a spiritual awakening from working the steps as well. And so this was like an even deeper extension and piece of that, that I was able to kind of take what I had learned in that experience, which had been about a decade before. And then it kind of revisited on a deeper level when I went into this experience. And mine was also psilocybin, which I think is a place a lot of people start. I don't know if that's true, but that's been my experience in conversation. Maybe it seems a little less intense. I don't know. It's pretty intense, but... um. But yeah, but it was the most beautiful experience of revisiting a deeper relationship with a higher power, like you're you're saying, um, and then kind of also feeling, trying to think of how to verbalize this. All I know is the thing I kept saying to people when I was done was I feel like my heart could explode with love. Like I just literally felt that. And I'd it didn't really realize how many walls or blocks I had up before that, because I think as adults, we go through experiences where that just naturally happens as like, we want to protect ourselves and we kind of lose that childlike 
love and purpose in this world and connection and things like that. So that was my We tell ourselves a bunch of stories. What do you mean? As we get older, it starts with, I think, giving up agency. So first it's, okay, our parents are in charge, the teacher's in charge, the government's in charge. And then it's, and then we tell ourselves stories. This is how, this is who I am. I am, I am Kelly. I am a fashion uh, person. I am Mm -hmm. a I am a um, whatever a daughter of this or that or the other thing, and the stories get deeper and deeper, and the and the thinking around those stories gets more ingrained. And I think with psychedelics, for whatever period of time that you're experiencing that medicine, it it reminds you that you didn't always think this way. Mm-hmm. There was a time when the world was more colorful. There was a time when you felt a deep love. You knew you were loved. You didn't have to do anything mm-hmm. to be enough. And, um, and then it's like, oh, I forgot. I forgot I could do that. I forgot I could feel this way. I forgot my brain could think this way. Yeah. And that's that catalyst that then people can take into the integration process. What do you mean? Like, explain so, that more. All right. So, and again, this is my opinion, but psychedelics, okay. it's not a, it's not just a biochemical reaction that cures anything. It is a biochemical, spiritual catalyst that then opens our minds and our hearts up for change. Mm. And then it's what do we do after that experience to process that? So you said, I felt like my heart was going to explode. Mm-hmm. You could feel all this love. Mm-hmm. I would imagine as you move farther and farther away from that experience, pieces of that don't feel the same. How can, so the, I think that the, the goal or the challenge is how do you on these other, using these other techniques, whether it's 12 steps or mindfulness or whatever else you do, how do you keep that feeling alive? Right. You set yourself kind of a North star. Oh, I didn't know this was possible. Well, now you do. So now what? That's a really great way to say it because, well, one, and we can kind of talk a little bit more about this in a bit, but I think when you do the experience, obviously that day and the following days, you know, you're really feeling it and you're really in the moment of that. And like you said, as you go into life, like life starts happening life again. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and humans happen and humans are messy and there's complicated relationships and all these things. And um, you can kind of move out of that. But I will say something I've experienced personally, and I don't know if this is true for everyone, but like in the moments where I can get, I still get triggered or I still get, you know, reactive or worked up and all these things, but it is so much quicker for me to come back to that place. Like it's like a rewiring happened in some capacity where I genuinely go, but wait, I know like, it's like this bigger knowing of something bigger or something greater or deeper that I can go back to in those moments and remember that the thing happening right in front of me isn't really like, I mean, always I'm like, this isn't even real. Like, this is just sort of like this thing to here to teach me something, you know, but it, it brings me back to that place of it. And I can get into an acceptance place so much faster now. Is that, right. is that, did total... I make that up? Or mm, that... No, okay. because you're actually saying two very distinct things. Okay. The first thing you're saying is there you have a new awareness. So when you get, I think the phrase you used was triggered. When mm-hmm. something happens that creates a a feeling, feelings are feedback. Yeah. You're saying, oh, I'm aware. I'm feeling this. I am triggered. I am whatever the emotion is. And then you're saying, but I don't have, suffering is optional. 
I don't mm-hmm. have to feel this way. Yeah. I remember that I don't have to feel this way. Mm-hmm. And I choose to err on the side of love or, um, or to process it. This is a story. This yeah. really doesn't matter. Yeah. This is, or this is my creation. And mm-hmm. I can interpret it this way or I can interpret it that way. But I have the choice. I have the power because I remember that now. So it's yeah. the awareness and then the response. Two different yeah. things. That's interesting. And I think it also, the bigger picture being when you said you didn't have a relationship with a higher power and then you did, there is something that seems to come out of this a little bit where it there's a bigger understanding of the universe and whatever you want to call it, sure. higher power, God, the fucking tree, I don't know, like whatever it is for you, but that you're not doing this, you're not like out there alone. Like there is always a greater purpose and you actually are probably participating in that and and it's all loving. It's all for your greatest good and your highest good. And it's not cruel and it's not angry and it's not here to hurt you or take away from you or punish you or things like that. And once I had that switch, that's really helped me too. I love the, that. I love this idea that we are nature. Yeah. It's like we're not separate from the earth. We're not separate from our physical environments. We're not separate from the trees. Mm-hmm. We are just another piece of nature. Mm-hmm. And I think psilocybin particularly, mushrooms particularly, you can understand that connection. You can feel it almost through the ground to, so to, the, to the trees, to the flowers. You can look sometimes at the sky and feel feel the breathing of the air. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I'm you, sure people listening are like, what in the hell are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and I always, I described, I've talked a little bit about my journey before. And there, you know, there was a moment where I came out of it and the shaman that was with me was like, okay, I'm going to leave you now. Like, cause you're good and you can go, I recommend going to sit outside. So I went and sat under this tree and it was like the leaves were talking to me. And I was like, It sounds insane and I can say that, but it was the most beautiful moment. I just cried and cried and cried. Um, But I always like to describe it to people that might be listening and they're like, this sounds crazy as that moment, you know, when you walk up to the ocean and you just remember how small you are, it's just that times 10 or whatever. It's like that feeling or you're in the mountains and you look down and you look out and it's just like, wow, I am this tiny little small piece of this whole big thing. And I'm here for a purpose, but it's one purpose of all these purposes. And like, we're all here working together. I don't know. That's my take, but I love that. My purpose, it doesn't really matter all that much. What matters is that I feel loved and what matters is that I can give love freely. Yes. What I do for any particular way to generate resources doesn't really matter. How right. many resources I have really doesn't matter. It's this, it's this, it's this internal feeling, which for I think a lot of us with kind of type A personalities, we're the doers. Mm-hmm. We get stuff done. We are we are rewarded for activity. And in this other world, you're rewarded for feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. It's hard. I don't know for you, Callie. It's hard for me to slow down. It's uh, or especially this this part has slowed me way down. And, and yeah. it's just, it's just just not how I grew up. I had to yeah. I had to create, 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 create all the time, creating something. And here Earning it's your like, worth. Hmm. Mm-hmm. We're feeling like if if I don't do something for you, you're not going to love me. Mm-hmm. You're not going to like me. You're going to kick me out. 
Right. Um, and I don't, yeah, that all goes away with these, or that can go away. These medicines can show you that that is a, a not a healthy uh, train of thought. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because our society is built on so much of that energy. And so it's a hard thing to let go of, I feel, especially when you attach your security to that, the hustle and the the working for your worth kind of mentality. I know I did for many years as well. Um, I feel very grateful at this point of my life that I came to this world as one of the biggest feelers. And so I have never been able to just escape feelings, which I now look at as an extreme gift. But Mm -hmm. for many years, it was really hard because I'm not really capable of stuffing in the same way I can see other people do it. Um, But it's a gift now because I'm able to dive deeper and I'm accepting that in myself. And I see that that actually is for me, a much truer way way to live. And it's the way that I feel more at peace. Yeah, it's definitely a superpower, Kelly. It's a, that's impressive. Um, I want to talk a little bit because you have such a background in you know neuroscience and psychology. Can you tell us a little bit to anyone listening that might be like curious about psychedelics, but like, is there actual brain science to why this works? Because I know it's being talked about in treating PTSD or treating anxiety and depression. And people are like, okay, well, we have other drugs for that, like that a doctor prescribes. And I find a lot of fault in those kind of things, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, Let's stick on that for a moment. Let's let's definitely stick on that. So let's talk about what do doctors prescribe today? And then we can talk about the brain science of uh, of psychedelics. But today, the most widely prescribed um, medicine is our antidepressants. Right. So what does the brain science tell us about antidepressants? They tell us that in roughly 40% of the population, they don't work. So that's a pretty big number. Right. They tell us that in more than 50%, the the side effect profile is is significant. Um, pick You can pick uh, gastrointestinal issues. I mean, how many of us have friends that mm-hmm. we know have been on antidepressants and have stomach issues? Sexual dysfunction, mm-hmm. 72% of people who are on antidepressants have some form of 72? sexual dysfunction. 72.6. Yeah. It's, it's That's a huge, high and it's not discussed enough. Wow. It's a big, big number. Yeah. Um, weight gain, lethargy, um, suicidal ideation. So, mm-hmm. so again, if they work for you, great. But if they don't work for you, that's not your fault. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are like, Oh, the, I failed the medicine. No, the medicine failed you. And there just hasn't been really another option that doesn't involve six to 14 weeks to find out if another antidepressant is going to work. And then what are those side effects going to be? And how are you going to juggle your life around that? It's tough. So what are, what are the, what's happening with psychedelics in terms of the brain science? So let's talk about what's legal. Ketamine is legal today. Mm-hmm. All 50 states, people can choose to do ketamine. And we know that ketamine works in the glutamate system versus serotonin, which is what uh, most antidepressants work on. We know it increases what's called BDNF or a brain-derived uh, neurotrophic factor. We know that it um, it stifles what's called the default mode network. So that's like that inner narrator that's like, oh, this is good, this is bad, you're not mm. good enough, you're not working hard enough, that, that constant voice, it quiets that down. So I don't, did you experience that on psilocybin where it's like, that was just I, quiet. It, you know, it was weird because it was quiet in my head of, as far as I wasn't attaching to those narratives or I was able to be like, Oh, Hey, anxiety. I see you there. Like kind of talk to it versus mm-hmm. 
feel it and let it overwhelm me, if that makes sense. That makes total sense. And yeah. that's and so psilocybin, similar in that respect, similar to ketamine, is quieting down the default mode network. Okay. We then know that people on ketamine have this disassociative effect. So ketamine at a higher dose is an anesthesia. Mm. At a lower dose, it's a dissociative. So it's kind of like you're separating from your body. You're allowing these subconscious thoughts to kind of come into the mind um, that can can help you um, process other things without the shame, blame, and guilt that might be associated with them. And then just like LSD and psilocybin, other psychedelics, there's a spiritual component that many patients or people who experience ketamine talk about that it connected them to something more powerful. So Bill W, going back to your 12 step, mm -hmm. why did he want to introduce LSD into the 12 step program? It was a forced spiritual experience for people who couldn't connect to that higher power. Mm. So ketamine can do that. So we know all those things happen. Do we know exactly why ketamine works for depression and anxiety? No, but these are, these are the things that happen in the brain, the brain science that then lead to the results. We do know that when people who have anxiety and depression take ketamine, um, it is significantly reduces those the symptoms around depression and anxiety um, for those people. So we, we know that. Um, on other psychedelics, there's, I mean, for perspective, Kelly, there's over 300 academic institutions either studying psychedelics or at the psychedelic center right now. There's tons of research mm -hmm. in brain images and all sorts of things for um, depression, anxiety, PTSD, OCD, eating disorders, substance use challenges. It, it just goes on and on. So the, um, there's a ton of research out there for people who are curious. And, and I think that the headline is what we've been taught for the last 50 years was not based on science. This whole just say no was a big bag of bullshit that we were handed. And, uh, and that's what the entire psychedelic community is combating it with this research now and saying that wasn't true then and here's the science if you know anything about me you know i am a massive creature of comfort it is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times so when i found cozy earth i quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that i could it felt very on brand for me, but then I went on a trip with a girlfriend not too long ago where she could not stop commenting on how cute and comfy my pajamas were, which then made me realize they may also be my new favorite travel companion as well. Guys, I am not kidding when I say you will experience unmatched softness and smoothness with all of Cozy Earth's products. The temperature regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code Velvet's Edge at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Have you watched How to Change Your Mind? Of course, yeah. Okay. Michael I think they do book and they, series on Netflix. Yes, and they do such a good job of kind of talking about the regulations around all of this stuff and it was shocking to me like it was and it's actually really sad because then it is that moment where you realize how much misinformation we're actually just being fed all the time and and i don't really understand i don't think other than money and so maybe you can talk a little bit about this but um i find it so interesting i actually after my psilocybin trip i just took time off alcohol it really wasn't like I did not like it. I didn't want it. I wanted a break from it. I was going through some other stuff. And I was like, I just want to clear head processing. But I just didn't have a taste for it either. It was really interesting. And I don't know if those two were connected or if it was just the time in my life. But um, I find it so bizarre now that I've had that like step back from it, that alcohol is legal. I'm literally like, what? How is this the thing that we do on it? Like, some people on a daily basis and it's so not even talked about as weird. It is so weird to me now because I've learned so much about the effects on your body and your brain. And I mean, just like you just start learning about the deaths per year and it's just crazy to me yet psilocybin is illegal. Like I don't understand. So can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, there's there's a fantastic study that a professor, nut, funny name for a psychiatrist yeah. <laughs> um, or a pro- research professor in the space, um, did on harm to self and harm to others of different drugs. And if okay. you look at the results on the far left-hand side, greatest harm to self and others is alcohol. And I think it was like a 72 on the scale. So it's pretty high. Yeah. On the far right-hand side, 30 drugs later is psilocybin mushrooms. And it's like a six. <laughs> and it really helped wake up the uh, regulatory committee of we are not scheduling drugs appropriately. We're not scheduling them based on logic. Right. Um, and then we're not teaching our kids. Like I would much rather my kid do mushrooms versus drinking themselves to oblivion at a fraternity party. Mm-hmm. It's so much safer. Um, but we don't have those discussions in in this society, in this culture. Um, we go down Broadway and yeah. it's bar after bar after bar, tons and tons of alcohol. Um, at noon on a Tuesday. At noon on a Tuesday. It's that's wild. Right. That's right. <laughs> it is wild. <laughs> um, but we, yeah, we just don't have. So, so then what happens? We get into who's interested in what gets scheduled. We get into the, whether it's the big pharma lobby, because it's one challenge with, anti, with uh, psychedelics versus antidepressants is, it's not an everyday drug. Mm-hmm. So how do you make any real money off of this thing that people might do 
once in their life, once a year, once a quarter, but there is no once a day in uh, in the psychedelic world. So where where do you make money on this? Um, Isn't that so sad? I mean, think of it's like the thing that could actually help people make progress in their lives or make changes is being kept because you can't make money off of it. That that like makes me sick in my stomach. It's not ideal. Yeah. Um, and I and I there are groups that are are working to change this. I think what Rick Dovlin and the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies have done with this public benefit corporation model and let's get MDMA to be re-legalized and let's at least get it allowed to be used with uh, people with post-traumatic stress disorder, mm-hmm. treatment-resistant PTSD. So think about veterans, first responders, victims of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. There's what they're finding is these people who nothing has worked after a combination of therapy, talk therapy, and MDMA, three sessions of MDMA, 67% no longer qualifies having PTSD. It's how do you argue with a number of success that's that high? Yeah. And I think you don't. I think that's why the FDA has given them breakthrough therapy designation. I think that's why they've done great on their phase three trials. And hopefully it becomes legal across our country and within two years. Yeah. So what would that look like if, let's say they do legalize it, what would that look like to be used with therapy? Because I think there's a difference between... I mean, people do what you want. Like, I'm not telling you do or don't do drugs. But there is a difference between recreationally using any of these things that we're calling medicine and then, or let's let's call them drugs in that capacity, Mm -hmm. and then using them as medicine. Like, can you speak a little bit to those two differences and why you might have a different outcome? I I think about this a lot. And here's, here's where I struggle, Kelly. So maybe you can help. Maybe you can help me. Okay. There are people who approach these drugs saying, I have a diagnosis. I have depression, I have anxiety, I have PTSD, and I'm looking for medical help. Okay, I get that. And that's and we have a whole group of people going down the medicalization path where they will be selling a service to help us cure things. Mm-hmm. So call, let's call that path number one. Okay. There's another group of people who say, I don't have a diagnosis, I'm fine but I'm interested in being better. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is that recreational or is that medical? I don't know. I yeah. think it's recreational. Okay. It's intentional, but it's technically recreational. So let's put that in bucket number two, the human optimization bucket. Okay. I don't think I need therapy. I don't think I need anything. I just want to become better. And I don't even know what better means. I don't even know but I'm being drawn to this because I, I, I think there's something missing in my life. I, okay. I'm not feeling joy, but that's not medical. That's intentional. And then the third bucket is I've heard that um, with psychedelics, maybe I can have a spiritual practice and I'm longing for, I'm longing for connection. I'm longing for connecting to a higher power. And I'm, I've heard I might be able to have a commune, commune with God. Yeah, I'm super interested in that. So, so is that medical? No. Is it optimization intentional? No, it's really religious. So that's a third bucket. Are any of these buckets not okay? There's now that doesn't mean they're not legal. Right. Number two and bucket number three (laughs) right now are illegal. But and for the most part, bucket number one is illegal. But should any of these be illegal? Should you be able to say, 
oh, no, you shouldn't be allowed to practice your religion or explore your spirituality through using these compounds that have been used for thousands of years, but you can't use them, Kelly. Or you, Kelly, can't, (laughs) you have to have something wrong with you that needs to be cured before you're allowed to go use these medicines. See, I would argue that both of two and three could be an argument for mental health though, because if we're not growing, we're dying, right? If you want to use that, that statement. And then also like, I think if in any other capacity in our lives, we work like for physical health, we work out. What do we do for like, if you want to get better at your job, you go study more, you go take a class of something, you practice, you do something and mental health for whatever reason seems to be the thing that's gotten lost in that whole growth process. So to me, what you said would fall under that category of like, I'm expanding. We're going to use that word, my mental health, my brain capacity, my capacity for love, like my healing process. And we need those as humans. Um, but yeah, I don't know how you regulate that or like, and therein lies the challenge. Yeah. Right. So, it's, 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 it is, so yes, we could put in mental health. We could put in spiritual health. But either of those buckets aren't necessarily medical the way our society deals with medical. Our society is a broke it, fix it society. Mm-hmm. And this is this is proactive. This is let's 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 allow us to expand. Let's allow us to feel. Let's allow us right. to remember and then move forward. Um so my hope is that there's place for all of this. My hope mm-hmm. is that there is a medical model where if you want you are more comfortable having a doctor prescribe it and you want to know exactly that this strain of psilocybin is this is going to have this uh, potency and you want all the medical uh, accoutrements around it great you should have a you should be able to do that all day every day but if you want to go to a a psychedelic ceremony and sit with a shaman and exp- experience what you experience I think you should be able to do that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort and if of you reminding just me. Optimize. Go ahead. And you want to find a coach who's going to work with you and some psychedelics. I think that should be okay as well. Mm-hmm. It's reminding me of when weed first was legalized because remember you had to have a medical card to go buy mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And now it's like in certain places you can just go buy it. And so they're leaving it up to our discretion, I guess whether or not we need that or not need that. I guess I always was associating um, like with mushrooms, for instance, doing mushrooms at a party versus like the way I did it, which was I drank this drink after a spiritual session, basically with a shaman. Then we put on this playlist that's been made by Johns Hopkins to, you know, trigger my brain into this whole, it was a whole thing. And it was very, um, I don't know if sacred is the right word, but there was like a sacred experience to it that made it so spiritual for me and healing and mentally stimulating. And it wasn't like having a trip or a bad trip at a party when you're like panic attacking because there's all these loud music. You can't control it. You know, it's like a complete opposite experience of that, or it was for me. Um, and so that's where I get stuck. Cause I'm like, well, just legalize it for the good stuff. But I guess you can't, how do you regulate that? It's hard. It's hard. And it's hard. Yeah. We have a very 
uh, paternal culture where it's like, I know what's best for you, Kelly. You you right. don't know for you. I know right. what's better for you. Which so is let me decide. the problem. Yeah. Are the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And this, and I think these these drugs, these medicines, make us aware that yeah, these are problems. They're problems the way that it's structured. Mm-hmm. Um, however, more and more people are doing them. There is yeah. a legal way with ketamine. There's more and more underground ceremonies. Like it sounds like the one you participated in. There's international yeah. travel, and more and more of those are popping up. And I think what you just talked about that container. People are understanding, oh, okay, so what do I want? Well, I want to have a certain amount of people, and I want to have someone who has a certain level of experience, and I want to have guided music, and I want to know there's a plan if I have an uncomfortable experience. And Right. Okay. And you're, there's more of that open discussion. Um, so I think that's healthy. There's more discussion of it's okay to not be okay, mm-hmm. and that's healthy. Mm-hmm. So it's an exciting time for all of this. And these are, I think these are just good discussions. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Do you believe in bad trips? So that's a a tricky question. Mm -hmm. I believe there are people who are taking medications that have contraindications with some psychedelics. And if they are not screened, it can be a, yeah, there can be an awful experience for them. I think there are people who have a mental instability that they're not firmly planted into this consensus reality and then going into a, a, a planned psychotic experience can be very challenging for that type of person as well. Beyond those two kind of caveats, I think there are experiences that can be very challenging 
um, and still really positive. I, actually, I'll throw one more caveat. Um, okay. I think there are people who are who are practicing some of these medicines who are not creating safe containers. So all of us, when we're on a psych in, an, in a non-ordinary state of consciousness, we're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And you really need the people around you to be making sure you're safe. Mm-hmm. And that can be as simple as, I have to go to the bathroom. How do I get from here to there? And it can be as extreme as, don't touch me when I'm in the state. Right. So there can be very bad trips with people who are not holding safe containers. Right. Um, but I think beyond that, the medicine brings up a lot that um, that we might not have wanted to look at, or we might not have looked at if it wasn't for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and and and, and regardless of what I think, Johns Hopkins, they they've done tons of research on this, and people who said this was one of the hardest things I've ever done would also rate it as one of the top five or ten things they've ever experienced in their lives. So um, so challenging does not mean bad. Yeah. That's kind of what I've always associated. I'd talked to someone who had experienced um, a psychedelic journey before I did it. And she, I said, I, I just keep getting a little nervous that what if I have a bad trip? Like, I didn't even really know what I was asking. I was just sort of like, that's what you hear, you know, especially with mushrooms. I think people can be like, oh, or, you know, LSD, people are like, oh, you can get stuck that way or just whatever you hear. And so I had asked her what, how to get over that anxiety. And she was like, she literally said to me, there is no such thing as a bad trip. And as I hear your caveats and I believe that that's accurate. Um, but she said, whatever is coming up is meant to come up and it's teaching you something. And so that's why I said I was talking to my anxiety during the trip. Like there was a moment where I had to get up and use the restroom and I couldn't go by myself. So, you know, my guide had to walk me there. And then I got in the bathroom and I actually started laughing out loud because the walls were moving and, you know, just the tiles were like looking all crazy. And um, I was like, whoa, I am gone. It was, I've never been like that before. And so it was a really strange experience, but um, I got back in my bed, which is where I was doing my journey. And I had the moment come up where I was like, oh my God, what if I get stuck like this? Like, I feel like this forever. I see the walls, like I just saw them. And it wasn't really until I I kind of integrated my awareness with where I was on my trip that I had that panic. But I remembered what Ruthie said and she was just like, you start talking to it. And I was like, okay. So I literally said, oh, hi, anxiety. I see you. And then I was gone again, back into my journey. And it was just, it just needed to be acknowledged almost. And so yeah, I that's just- That's beautiful. It sounds like you had a really good preparation. I mean, that is yeah. knowing how long, knowing that if something comes up and you're uncomfortable, just surrender to it. What are you here surrender. to teach me? It's okay. Yeah. I'm just surrendering. But and that's just something letting... I take into my life now. Like when it yeah. comes up and I feel the feeling instead of reacting, I'm like, oh, whoa, hey, there you are. What? What is it? What are you, what's going on? Like, what, you know, and I just talk to myself and that might sound crazy to some people, but it is actually one of the greatest tools that I learned in that experience to just be really in tune with myself. So that's that awareness you're talking about from earlier. You can mm-hmm. see it now in a way that you couldn't. And you could see right. it as this is a story. This is just a this is just make-believe. This is not real. This right. is me leave, living in a fictitious past or living in a fictitious future, but it's not living right now. Mm-hmm. It's just a story. So I okay, I don't need to accept that. Right. And I can move on. 
I've heard you say in a podcast that psychedelics are one of the greatest ways to get to know yourself. Can you talk a little bit about that? I, For me, I think with... Again, we get into these thought patterns, this repetitive thinking behavior. And as we get older, those, those tracks in our brains get deeper. The amount of neurons that are connecting get fewer. And when, a, when you take the psychedelic medicine, you're going to light up a whole bunch of neuro, neural pathways that you haven't lit up in years. And during that time, that gives your brain a chance to, to look around. And to, um, I can't overstate enough the power of removing shame, blame, and guilt. Mm. So um, and one thing I write about in my book, Kelly, is back when I was an early teenager, I had some... Um, inappropriate sexual contact with a family member 10 years older. Mm. And it I am a compartmentalizer. I had tucked that away. It was in the vault. We were not talking about it. We were not, it, but every now and again, something would happen. And I would feel this thing in my stomach, like this pit, or my cheeks would start to get red or my ears would get red. And I'd have this uh, almost like a nauseous feeling mm -hmm. where I was reprocessing it. Um, in one of my psychedelic experiences, I was right back there. And I did not ask to be back there. It was mm. not part of my intentions. It was not something I was working on. It just happened. Um, and I was able to relook at the situation without shame, blame, or guilt. So what did that look like? It looked like me saying, huh, I don't have to forgive or condone what this person did, but I can also see how deeply unloved she was feeling how rejected mm. from her father, how the substance use issues that she was going through, the uh, how lost she was. And again, I don't have to condone, but I can empathize. And again, we're now 30 some years later wow. and it just went away. I can now talk about it. I don't have a pit. It, it's gone. I did not know how much I was carrying until that moment. I didn't know myself. Mm. Um, I didn't know how much this bothered me until that day. Um, because I wouldn't, I just wouldn't talk about it. So um, that's just, that's one of probably a million examples that people can yeah. give. But it's for me, it was just, it was like, wow, I just can't believe what I was carrying for mm -hmm. decades that I didn't need to be nothing physically or changed from one day to another. It was just the way I looked at that experience. And I owe that to the power of the psychedelic. Mm -hmm. What would you say to people listening that are like, yeah, but I don't want to go back. I don't want to <laughs> look at that stuff. You know, like you keep saying the word I was carrying. Did you, I mean, were you, were you conscious of that weight? Like, it doesn't sound like before that experience you necessarily were. And so I feel like sometimes in our culture, people are like, yeah, but I, I don't want to do that. You know, like I'm good. And why would I want to go drag up the past? Like, what would you say? What do you feel differently now? It's a, uh, so I'm curious what your reaction would be on this. Okay. When, when, for me, when I experience a psychedelic medicine or drug, the weight of the world is lifted off my shoulders. I am just in this zone of bliss and of love and of abundance. And there is no room for scarcity. 
There is no room for fear. There's just, there's plenty. I'm plenty. There's plenty. Life is good. And then there's the stories that come up. This is a story or a re, sure, it's based on an experience, but it's my interpretation of that experience. Mm -hmm. So it's my story. So it, the medicine's like, okay, you're in this place of bliss. You're in this place of safety. Now you want to look at this? Because this is something I know as the medicine that you're dealing with on the other side. So let's knock this out of you. Yeah. And so I don't see it as a hardship to be asked to do those things on the, on the medicine. But I guess I, would, I guess I would ask somebody, if you don't want that, then what are you doing it for anyhow? Are you just doing it for some cool visuals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's like a bonus side, sidebar. Yeah. That the, this, you're doing, in my opinion, you're doing this to connect to a higher power. You're doing this to get to know yourself. You're doing this so that you can be a happier, more content person and more connected and more giving and more, um, more awake. Yeah. I think that last part, the, the part about the happiness and the joy, that's what was first pinging in my head because, um, I think the more you suppress and you stuff down and you become unaware of the pain, the more you actually suppress the joy and the capability of like experiencing the good stuff too. Like we're only, to me, it's, it's that, um, that balancing, I don't really know the word for it, but it's like, you can't have one without the other. We can't have joy without pain. And so if we're suppressing all those feelings and we're not feeling pain, we're not really feeling anything. And so if you can clear out and release and free yourself of all of the painful things. And I love your story because it's such a good story of like you holding on to the resentment and it actually being the thing that is hurting you at that point um, versus punishing the other person. And then finding freedom from that and experiencing this whole new awareness and connection and this capacity for love and joy and peace that you probably had never even experienced before in that releasing. Like that to me is what this stuff does. It just helps you get to the other side of whatever it was. And I actually, I cried through the first part of mine and um, I actually know you're probably not supposed to, everyone's experience is completely different. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I sometimes am now trying not to give so many specifics about mine, but I cried, but I wasn't sad. It was like a release that I Mm -hmm. needed. And then I just laughed the whole second half. I was so happy. And so I think your body just knows what you need. And so like you said, if you're holding on to something and it's time to let go, like it'll happen. And whatever is supposed to happen, happens. I do believe that in this experience. Which is why also not the experiences between two people are never the same, but also for the same person. You're a different person today than you were a week ago or or next month. Right. And your psychedelic journey at any of those points in time might be very different. Mm-hmm. And that's that's okay. It's meant to be that way. Yeah. Well, I, I the think book, this whole sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, go ahead. I'll say this whole thing about not about discovering the love you have for you can have for yourself, then mm-hmm. allows you to then turn that out outwards. Oh so yeah. So for me, like I don't think I know. I wasn't as connected with my wife as I could have been. I wasn't connected with my kids as much as I could have been. Um, And through this, it's like, wait a minute, I have plenty of love that I can give them. And I can see where I was holding back. I was holding back because I was afraid of dying. I was holding back. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what they were looking for. I didn't know that all they wanted was my love. 
Um, and that was like, okay, I get that. And then even the love with other people. Like I, again, as a guy, it's like, okay, you're taught that love is, is, is in the bedroom. Like you're trying to, right. this is, this is love or this is intimacy. And the idea that no, 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 you can be intimate with a lot of people and not have any sexual energy. And that's beautiful. And you have plenty of love to go around. Again, I had no idea. I didn't, mm. I just didn't, that just wasn't in my um, awareness. Yeah. I I totally resonate with that. And I think there's like a removal of fear that happens to with that fear and love is the, the balance that I would talk about there. But um, yeah, the capacity for love and, and also like, I don't know if you felt this, but I had this moment where I was just like, this is why we're here. And we get so lost in all the other shit. And you're like, God, that doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. Like, it, none of it matters. Not in a weird I had way, a teacher just, talk about, like, have you ever seen someone take their last breath? I don't know, have you, Kelly, I'll ask you that question. Have you seen that? Um, I haven't seen the actual last breath, no. I was with my grandfather when he died, though. And yes, it, I think I had a similar experience to what you're about to say. But go ahead. <laughs> so when, when you watch somebody in that moment, and you know that every breath, that those last breaths are so precious. Mm-hmm. And my, I would imagine that for many people, they would give everything for another breath or another mm-hmm. breath. And how much of our lives we we just throw them away. We have all these units of energy and we just waste them mm. um, because we're doing something, we're building something, but we're not connecting, we're not loving, we're just moving things around. And um, and again, I think psychedelics can show you as a catalyst, not a cure, can show you these units of energy these breaths are really valuable and you can move things around or not move any things around it doesn't change your worth as a person you are valuable just as you are enjoy your breaths enjoy your breaths i love that the book is called psychedelics for everyone can you tell the listeners a little bit about what they can find in the book sure um i wanted to put i put a book together that has some personal stories so i have four kind of just revealing stories in there. And then a beginning section that's kind of just like an overview of psychedelics. What does this mean? Where did they come from? What is the overall research? What are things to be aware of with um, with kind of them as a whole? And then it goes into the eight most common compounds that okay. people tend to think about. So psilocybin, there's a chapter on psilocybin, another one in MDMA, ibogaine, ketamine, ayahuasca, um, LSD. Um, and it dives deep into kind of how do they work? What does the research say? What are things you should know? Um, what is the risk profile? And then I, I put it together. So there's pieces I wrote. There's pieces I had other people write. I had medical uh, advisors fact check every chapter. Um, but it's written for people who don't have a scientific background. But I still put in the references so that if you if something strikes you as interesting, oh, I'm curious about... Um, psilocybin for alcohol use disorder. Great. Mm-hmm. There's papers in there that you can go pull if that's interesting to you. Um, and I'm hoping that people, the book Psychedelics for Everyone, I didn't mean that everyone should take a psychedelic. What I meant was that for those who um, do want to take them, great. For those who aren't aware how they could help someone else, this book will help. 
And for those who are just wondering, how do I vote? How do I think about this as a public policy issue? It would help for that as well. And for and I'm hoping that people walk away saying, yeah, these are good for society. This is good for the world. Um, and I don't need to take it to believe that psychedelics are for everyone. Yeah. I wish everyone would take it, but <laughs> I'll work on that my next year. You trip. can work on that. We can both work on that, Kelly. <laughs> one, one, one person at a time. That's, that's... Yeah. <laughs> Matt, thank you so much for being here. Where else can people find you? I'm going to put the link of the book in the description of this podcast if you guys want to go check that out. But where else can they find you if they want to just keep up with everything else you're doing? Yeah. So Matt Zeman, Z-E-M-O-N.com is my website. It's got a bunch of uh, videos on different compounds and information. I have a free guide to microdosing for people who are interested in that with kind Ooh. of the different protocols and ways to think about microdosing. Okay. And then um, LinkedIn and Instagram, I'm pretty pretty much out there. And, it's a, and, I'm, and I answer my thing. So if you have questions, if you're listening, you're 50 minutes into this and you're listening and you're curious <laughs> about something, don't be shy. Send a, send a question. Amazing. Well, you guys go check out Matt on all of his pages. I will put all the links to everything and all these resources in the description of the podcast. Matt, thank you again so much for being here. Kelly, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson, where we believe everyone has a little velvet and a little edge. Subscribe for more conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. Search Velvet's Edge wherever you get your podcasts. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.